for Abby. Man, there are two things that are super cool about that. There are two things before we get into the sermon. There are two things. Shh. Ooh, you guys are talkative still. Two things that are awesome, man. One, God, if he promises something, it doesn't matter if it takes you almost a year to make it happen. God will be faithful to make sure that planning and timing and everything is, is good. And the second thing is, man, whatever you do is for the glory of God, no matter how old, no matter how young, no matter where you're at. Because a lot of people would, would take a look at every single one of you and say, you could never really do anything important. You can never really do anything that would be worth anything. But I think doing as many back handsprings as you can in 15 minutes and raising $1,000 for Speed the Light is pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So come ready. Tell your parents. We're going to have it on social media so that you guys um, can be able to get them involved. And we'll have signups next week for you guys to do that because it's going to be pretty stinking awesome. So uh, before we, uh, we go any further, um, we're in a... Still so talkative, man. I don't understand. So uh, it's all good. Um, <laughs> it's true. So we're in. So we're in this series called. What is it? There is more. There is more. See, that is the uh, the series that we're in right now. It's the thing that we are going through. We're looking at what service looks like in the kingdom, and it's pretty awesome. Um, and so this week we're what. What, did, what was last week? Do you guys remember? Yeah. Yes. In? Yes. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good recap. It was really talking about how we have the right posture. You guys remember me saying that? The right posture, the right attitude, because we, we talked about how leadership doesn't come from a title or a position or you know, a, a, a calling, it, it comes from service. That's where it originates from. And um, we're going to be looking in Matthew tonight. Uh, but before we, we do that, I'd like to pray. Um, before we get into that, I'd like to pray. So if you guys would just bow your heads, close your eyes, make sure that your cell phones are put away, turn them off, act like it's an airplane, you know, all that good stuff, because we want you guys to be engaged in the word. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you so much for, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who speaks to us even today. We thank you for the ultimate model of service in Jesus Christ. We thank you that we get to serve you every single day with every single thing that we do, Lord. I pray that each and every one of us would take something away from this message and the ones to wrap up this series in the next couple of weeks. Father, we love you and we thank you and we give you this time where there's no distractions, there's there's nothing going on. There's, there's not conversations that we have. But, Lord, we're just really focused on you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. So how many of you guys would consider yourself to be a leader? Are you a leader? Yeah. How many people would say, I am a leader? Good. Good. Awesome. That's, uh, that's, that's quite a bit of you. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that you guys, I'm glad to hear that you guys consider yourself leaders. I'm glad that you are in that, that model because sometimes it can be hard to see yourself as a leader sometimes, right? It's, it's difficult to, to actually see yourself and think of yourself as a leader 
because we talked about this last week. Leadership, a lot of times, requires a title or a position, and, and that's what we get into thinking. It's, it's if I can get to this supervisor position, if I could be this manager, if I could work my way up to this, if I could be a business owner, like, that would make me a leader. But we learned last week that that's not really how that, how that works. It's through our service that we become leaders. It's, it's in how we serve, humble and, and, and humility. You see, everyone can choose to be a leader. We, we, and we actually talked about last week how that is our calling, right? That's our calling to be a leader in, 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 as, a, as a Christian, as a believer, as a, as a follower of God. We are supposed, we are supposed to be um, servants. But tonight what we're going to look at is how do we do this? How do we become good servants? How do we become good leaders because of our service? That's what we're going to kind of dig into today. You see, a lot of times we, we, we think of all of these things and, and we think that we're not good enough, right? We think that we have to, to have a certain set of skills, a certain um, uh, mannerism, a certain position that we have to have to, to get into leadership. And we think like we kind of disqualify ourselves, you know. But I, I don't know if you know this. You don't have to have a position to lead. You don't have to have a leadership position to be a leader. A lot of times, uh, I, I love our student leaders because a lot of times uh, in, in all three of the circumstances of the leaders that we have now, man, they were leaders already before they were even student leaders. They were already invested in helping us to, to be able to produce services or hang out with people or talk to people or just interact. They were already ready to go, but they didn't have that position. And I think it's because this. I want you guys to catch on to this, okay? Some of the best leaders are some of the best followers. If you're writing down notes, write that down. Some of the best leaders are the best followers. Why is that? Because they're constantly learning and trying to make themselves into a, a better uh, leader, a better person for the people who are, un who are under them, the people who they're with. They understand that they have to be better. They understand that they have to uh, constantly, um, they have to constantly uh, evolve and 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 change and 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 bring themselves to a higher standard because that's what we're called to have is higher standards. So I'd like to go ahead if you have your Bibles or maybe you have your phones and there's a Bible there. If you guys would go to, with me to Matthew 16, Matthew chapter 16. Verse 13. So Matthew 16, 13. And you see, we see, we see what it looks like, what it looks like to be a great follower before you're a great leader in the life of Peter. You guys know who Peter is? Yeah? Peter was Peter was this amazing disciple who followed Jesus and he was kind of hot-headed. He kind of didn't really have everything figured out, but he was willing to listen to what Jesus had to say. And he was willing to even be corrected by Jesus. That's why Peter, to me, is like one of my favorite Bible characters. Just because he evolves in so many cool ways. It's so cool to read about it. So, 
Matthew 16, verse 13. If you're there, say there. If you're not there, say not there. That's okay. If you're not there, we have it on the screen. It's all good. You can read it there. But I encourage you to bring your Bibles. Read things for yourself. Because I could honestly throw anything up here. And I don't want you guys to get into a habit of being like, well, whatever he says is fine. Or whatever who's up, whoever's up here says is fine. I want you guys to, to really dig into this yourself. So here's what it says in 16, verse 13. This is, um, this is when Peter is, is talking about uh, the, this revelation of who Jesus is. You see, Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? What he's asking is, he's asking, who, who do you say that, that I am? And well, they replied in 14, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So what they're saying is, you're like a really good man. You're like the best preacher in the world. You're like Billy Graham. That's, that's who you are. You're like one of the prophets. You are one who's really close to God. But then he asked them in verse 15, who do you say that I am? And in 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And in verse 17, this is what it says. This is Jesus replying. He said, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. And now that I say, now I say to you, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. This is what it says in 19. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. That's pretty powerful. That's a pretty powerful statement that Jesus makes if you didn't catch on to that. Basically what he says is because you are getting it, because you're understanding who I am, I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you power. Uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at other, other scriptures and other Bible stories, but when, when people have their name changed in the Bible, it means something. There's something significant about this. And he calls him Simon Peter, Simon Peter, Simon. And then he says, from now on, you're going to be Peter, because that means rock. You see, Jesus reveals that he's the Messiah, and he's the anointed one, and he's basically God. He is God fully. And that's what he says because they didn't really get it. They just thought he was like the best preacher in the world. He was really close to God. But he actually says, no, 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 you're not getting it. I'm God. I'm the Messiah. And this is important because this is who all of the Jewish people were looking for. This is who they were looking towards for centuries upon centuries, hundreds of years they're looking to this, and now they finally are face-to-face -face talking with the Messiah. And they were pumped because in the way that they read the Bible at that point, in the way that they read um, the scriptures and, and what the law had said, they thought whoever was going to come as the Messiah was going to come and wreck the governments and wreck all the world and, and just be a king, right? To have authority, to, to be able to to be above everything. He was going to set everything in order and it was all going to be okay. 
And so they thought he was going to wipe out the Roman government. The Roman government was like super, super corrupt. It was super oppressive. It was super just in inclusive to only Romans. Like it only benefited them. And so they were like, finally, we get our guy. We get our man. We're ready to go. But what Jesus does is he actually lays out in his entire life and in Matthew, the rest of the book. We, we talked about it a little bit last week. He lays out that he's not here to come in and rule with an iron fist. He's not here to come and claim a throne or claim a piece of government or, or claim a position. But what, is he, what, what did Jesus come to do? Starts with an S. Serve. Jesus came to serve. And, and they're, what, they're, what they're finding out through Jesus is that Service is the true posture of leadership. We talked about it all last week. Service is, is the true posture of leadership. So how do you lead through your service? What does it require? What, what is it that, that we have? <laughs> you guys are good. I know it's up there. Thank you. You guys are good. What, is, what does it require? It requires grace. Everybody say that with me. Grace. Grace. Leading through serving requires grace. You see, time and time again, we see in scripture that when Jesus extended grace to people, it means he helped out the people in the society who didn't deserve help. You guys, um, you guys think about how uh, it hard it is to serve people who you don't think need to be served, or people who you think are like beneath you to where it's like, I don't even want to serve these people. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times, that's kind of what we default to. You guys ever seen, like, people who are, people who are, are on the side of the road and they have signs and, and everything is, it, it, like, they're there and they're holding their signs and you, you think, like, I, I've done this even, where you're like, ugh, probably not. That's, that's now whatever. I, I read an article um, a couple of weeks ago back in my hometown in Owensboro where there was a guy on the side of the road who actually had a house. He had a truck. He had a family. He had a living. He just drove out of town to go hold up a sign that said he needed money, and he made, like, thousands of dollars a week. So, like, for me, especially after reading that and hearing that and seeing those stories, you think, oh, man, these people are not, like, like, they're not really down on their luck. They're probably just going to go home and, and drive their truck. You know, like, we just are so immediate to dismiss it. But sometimes the way we can serve those people, and I'm not saying necessarily to give them cash. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying maybe you could serve them by going to the grocery and grabbing some groceries for them and handing them a bag and saying, here, I want you to have this. Instead of being so dismissive and pushing people to the fringes and saying, like, oh, man, like, they probably don't deserve it or they probably don't need it or whatever. Like, man, if we could have it in us to, to have grace for those type of people, I think that we would be elevated in, in leadership. We would have a voice that people actually look to and listen to and, and held and gave credence to if we could just catch on to that, that piece of grace. You see... In Matthew 5, 46 and 47, it says this. It says, if you, only, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. 
See, back in that time, tax collectors were like scumbags, like completely. Like they were just the worst of the worst. He says, even, even tax collectors can love the people that they're supposed to love, like family and people who are in their church and all this kind of stuff. He says, if you are only kind to your friends, how different are you than anybody else? He says, even pagans do that. Even pagans. Pagans are people who don't believe in anything. They, they're, they're, they're kind of like they're the, the antithesis to, to religion or to faith at all. Like, like they're, they're wicked people. And he's saying, so what? Whoop-de-doo, you can be nice to people who are nice to you, or you can be nice to your family, or like, okay, cool, awesome. Could you really be nice to the person on the side of the road who you want to dismiss as a panhandler? Could you really be and extend grace to people who might be taking advantage of you? Again, I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, let people walk on you, let, just always do that, but man, we should have a little bit more grace for people, don't you think? Wouldn't it look really awesome if Christians could have the same type of grace that was shown to us through Jesus? Instead of being so dismissive and, and just moving everything out. The second thing is this. Leading through serving requires, everybody say it, humility. Second, leading through serving requires humility. Man, if there is one piece that I want you to grab throughout this entire series, it is this. You have to be humble. We talked about how Jesus, last week, Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, and that was something that nobody did. You have to be humble. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, he says that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. If I, have, if I have a full bottle of water, and I don't because I'm not going to pour it on the carpet, but if I had a full thing of water, right? Here, hold this. Is that pretty full to you? Okay. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. It sounds full. It sounds full. feels full to me, but maybe it's like halfway. Anyway, so say I have water in this, and say it is filled all the way up. It's filled with water, right? So say, say that the water is what I do in my own strength. The water is me filling up myself to do what I want to do and to do what I think is right, okay? Now, if I took that water and I flipped it and it all dripped down on this nice carpet that we have, <laughs> it made it all wet, I won't do that. That's the reason why. You would look at me and you would say, oh, you have an empty water bottle or an empty hydro flask. You're like, whoop-de-doo, that's fantastic. But here's the cool thing. I have water in there now, okay? I love Dr. Pepper. And I love sweet tea, like southern sweet tea, man. Love it. And if you don't like it, you can fight me on it because I'll, I'll be in the back and we can. I'm kidding. Don't try, to, don't try to fight me. But listen, shh, I'm making a point. I promise I'm coming somewhere. Promise. I like water a lot. It's really good. But if I poured out all of my water, you would go, ah, oh, it's empty. But I could ha actually take this and fill it up with something that I think is better than water. 
And that's what happens when we, when we begin to empty ourselves of our own thing and we say, God, you can take whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. I'm going to rely on your strength. What we begin to do is take that water bottle and dump it out and say, I'm not doing what I want anymore. I want what you want. I want the better thing. I want the better thing that's for me. Now, Dr. Pepper and sweet tea is not better for you than water. Please don't try to base your diet on that because just don't. That's a disclaimer. But, but that's what it's like, man. God begins to fill us up with something better when we are emptying ourselves. I think that that's incredibly important to know that whatever strength we have, we can rely on God's strength to help us. That our humility and our, our, our sense of being humble servants, God will fulfill us and sustain us through that. That's an incredible thing to know. The third thing is this. The third thing is this. Leading through serving requires submission. It requires submission. You see, immediately after this revelation happens, Jesus, Jesus talks about how you can't tell people that I am the Messiah because they'll kill me and, and I'm not ready. Like, I still have more to do, so please don't tell them this. And Peter gets all angry. He goes, no, no, that's never going to happen. Never, Lord. I will, I will never let that happen. People will have to come through me to get to you. Do you guys know what he says to Peter? Do you know what he says to Peter? He says, get behind me, Satan. Right? I have my, my, I don't know if you guys have seen my mask. It says, not today, Satan. That's basically what he says. He says, not today, Satan. Like, get out. And that's so weird for Peter. Shh. I want you guys to grab this. That's so weird for Peter, who is this disciple who is, who is the, the, one of the closest followers to Jesus, for him to say, no, 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 get behind me. You don't know what you're talking about. It requires submission. Jesus tells the disciples that he's going to die, and, and Peter flips out on him. Jesus taught them through his life that it wasn't about a position. It wasn't about a title. It wasn't about having authority. It was about service. You see, in Matthew 16, he goes on to say in, in verse 24, he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. You must take up your cross and you must follow me. So leadership's not a title. Leadership is serving. Leadership is not a position Leadership is being humble servants. That's what this whole thing is about. Jesus is the greatest example of leading through serving that we could ever find. Remember last week we were talking? Remember last week we were talking about how Jesus, when he was washing the disciples' feet, he said, he said, the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to be, or not to be served, but to serve. Sorry about that. A little dyslexia, I guess. He said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. I didn't come to sit back and have you guys wash my feet. You guys remember we talked about that? 
He didn't sit back and say, I want you guys to serve me and do everything that I say. He said, I'm going to serve you. He knew where he was at. He knew he was above every one that he came in contact with. He knew he was God, fully man, fully God, yet he decided to serve. Many times I think we, we do the same thing, right? We get this flipped as well, like I just said, and flipped it up and messed it up and butchered it. A lot of times we get it flipped. We say, God, you are here to serve me, and I will maybe serve you if you're good enough. If you, if you do what I want you to do in the way that I want you to do it, then I'll serve you, and then I'll do it. It's very conditional. It's like, it's like, a, it's like having a genie in a bottle, and you're just rubbing the lamp for your, your wish. You're just ready to, to use that up, and, and as soon as it's gone, you're like, okay, I'm done with you, and then you go and do your own thing, and then after that, you, you get upset, or you get hurt, and then you go back, and you rub the lamp again, and Guys, that's not what our relationship with Jesus should be. Our prayer requests and the things that we go to the Lord in prayer with is not something that we need to think of as whatever God gives me is, is good enough and I'll, I don't need to really serve. Jesus, Jesus acted in the most selfless way in the most beautiful way to serve us. Jesus died on a cross for your sins and for my sins. He died so that we could have a life and we could have life to the fullest. That's what John 10, 10 says. As we are kind of looking at the life of Peter, Peter knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but it wasn't until Jesus died that, and was raised to life that he understood the purpose of why Jesus came to the earth. It wasn't until he understood, oh, he was legit, he was real, he, he meant everything that he was supposed to, he, he meant everything that he said. It, it compelled Peter to write his own, his own um, books, Right? We have 1st, 2nd, 3rd Peter, right? In 1st Peter 20, 2.23, it says this. It says, he used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so that we could be rid of sin and free to live the right way. He used his servant body to carry the cross so that we could have relationship with him. And then if you backtrack a little bit in verse 16, he says, we have freedom in, in Christ, but exercise that freedom to serve him. Exercise that freedom to serve him. We're free. And, and praise God that we are free. We don't have to live in sin anymore. We don't have to do the Old Testament rituals and some of the things that, that they did. Man, we are free. That is amazing. What I want to urge you with is how are you using your freedom? As we close, as we take this time to, to kind of reflect on this, I want you guys to, to just close your eyes and bow your heads. We're not going to pray quite yet, but I just want you to go ahead and be in that posture of just kind of sitting for a little bit. 
I know sometimes that's really awkward and sometimes that's hard. But I want you to think about that thing of service, being a humble servant, and this thing of freedom, this beautiful gift that God has given us of freedom, being able to be free in Christ. How are you guys using that freedom? Are you using it to to abuse and neglect and kind of move on from your relationship with the Lord? Or are you leaning into it and serving with grace and humility and submission? Because those are the things that are going to elevate you, bring you closer in your relationship with the Lord. Tonight, if... If you would say, man, I'm thinking about my freedom. I'm thinking about the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me. And um, I'm really not, like, respecting that. I'm really not living in a way that's respectful of that sacrifice. I'm not living in a way that serves Christ in anything. If that would be you tonight and you're, you're saying, you know what, I'm going to be honest with nobody looking around. I'm going to be honest. I've really been abusing my freedom. Really haven't been serving. These past couple weeks I've been thinking about it and I really haven't done that. But I want to serve and I want to give my life to Jesus. If that would be you for the first time and you say, yes, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to serve him. Awesome. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, okay, I've got a relationship. I've done the the whole thing. I've been in church for a little bit. I know who Jesus is. I know he died for me. But like tonight there was something that reignited something in your heart where you're saying, you know what? I recognize that I've fallen off and now I really want that relationship back. If you have had a relationship and it's kind of been rocky. If, that was, if that's you and you're like, I want to come back. I want to recalibrate. And I want to use my freedom in the way that I need to. If that would be you if you'd raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Tonight, thank you so much. Tonight, I, I also want to extend something else out. Man, if you're, if you're in a place that is super stressful, super dark, you're, you're, you're not even seeing, you're like, how can I even pay attention to anything about service? I don't even know if I'm going to, like, make it through the week anymore. Man, if that would be you, would you please raise your hand and acknowledge that of saying, man, I am just in a broken spot. I just need Jesus. Let me tell you something. Jesus loves you and cares about you, and he died on the cross for you. That was not something that's just a Bible story that's in here and didn't really happen, and it's fiction. Let me tell you, he loves you, and he cares about you, and he sees you where you're at. It might not feel like it. It might not look like it, but let me tell you, he wants what's best for you. And he's right there with you if you would just invite him into those situations. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we're going to get into worship. Father, Lord, I pray that you would 
allow this word to encourage us and to ignite us in what it is that we need to be doing. Lord, if that is, Lord, if that is being and sacrificing and submitting ourselves to you, then Lord, I pray that you would move us to that spot. I pray that during this time we would engage with you, we would experience you, and you would send your Holy Spirit as a comforter, as a reminder, as a reassurer, as a an affirmer for each of these students. Lord, that they would be called. Uh, I pray for callings to come out of this. I pray for, for divine appointments to come out of this. Lord, I pray that you would begin to call and move students to acts of service that they didn't even think of themselves capable for. Father, I also pray for these students, Lord, that whatever situation they're facing, whether it be schoolwork, home life, mental health, emotional stability, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, Lord, I pray that you you would allow each and every person here under the sound of my voice to know you are with them, you care about them, you love them, and they are only, they are only a, a, a moment away from an encounter with you that could change the trajectory of their life. If they would just open themselves and make themselves aware and, and make themselves available to listen. Father, I pray blessing over this time that we're about to enter into worship. But I pray that you would encounter each and every student. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the ability to meet together. And we are looking forward to these next few moments of worship to turn our eyes to you and to praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, so, so don't just let this be a thing of like, okay, I said amen, I said my prayers, let's go. Okay, time to move along. Engage. Engage here. Uh, I would invite leaders to, to come up. Uh, parents, make yourself available. Um, man, if you guys could, could just make yourself available so that if you have any prayer requests, you want to talk with any one of us, we want to be with you. We want to pray with you. We want to, to know what's going on, and we care. We really, really do. Each and every one of these students, or student leaders and leaders, we all care. But let's engage, and let's praise God for, for who he is. Let's really seek him out in these next few moments. If you guys would stand up and come up to the front and really just engage in these next few moments, I think it's going to be incredible. Let's do that. Amen.
Good man.